Welcome back to the 3F Podcast. As always, your host, Timothy Clayton Cornell. And with me today, special guest and friend, Darian Serrano. What's up, man? How's it going, dude? <laughs> hey, guys. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen on my my page before. Darian is pretty close to me. You may hear me refer to him as Gummy a few times throughout the episode. Uh, we met through Air Force Rugby originally back in 2019, uh, my first year playing. Uh, we've played a few times throughout. So uh, why don't you, you know, just tell us, uh, tell us about your rugby journey to start. Uh, like from the beginning? <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Okay. So I, back in 2013, I ended up switching a class and met this guy named Jacob Barsoom in an art class. Uh, now one of my closest friends. And one day he was telling me about, Hey, would you, would you want to come to rugby practice? And I bought cleats, didn't tell my mom until the day of the practice that I wanted to do it about 45 minutes before the training. I was like, Hey, I want to play rugby. Can you take me? And she was shocked. I went to that rugby practice and literally that first day I fell in love with it and kind of ran away with it. So I've been playing for almost 10 years now. Uh, and yeah, from playing with Las Vegas rugby Academy, Unfortunately, my rugby career has had to take many month, multiple month long breaks, not due to really injury, except for one year, um, but mainly just rugby not being where I was or having to travel multiple hours just to attend trainings, and then it just didn't link up with work. Um, but technically, I've been playing since 2013. I played a couple matches with UTEP University in El Paso. Uh, I've played a couple club games um, with some random teams across the states. Uh, I've played with the Stars and Stripes in Korea. Uh, I played with the YCAC Crusaders. Is the Crusaders? Well, anyways, the team's YCAC in Japan. Played 15s out there. Uh, and then obviously from 2018 to about 2021, uh, I played Air Force 7s. And... Uh, honestly, those were some of my favorite times was playing with the Air Force squad. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that is how we met. I know I met you in 2019 in Vegas. Unfortunately, you weren't on the Air Force squad that year because of an injury uh, to your leg, if I remember right. But, uh, yeah, playing, <laughs> yeah, playing football. How it always happens is non rugby related injuries. Uh, but yeah. I remember if anyone was following Rugby Sevens magazine or anything doing with, the uh uh glendale sevens rugby town sevens in 2021 darian was plastered all across all the platforms from tackling the captain of the the previous captain of the army team in an open field uh darian if you if you've never seen his photos he is a very small in stature naturally uh he's about uh five one one thirty kidding <laughs> hey hey come on man put the, a little respect on that put a little respect <laughs> Uh, no, he's, he's 155 pounds, uh, and he is uh, short in stature, but he is mighty. Uh, but I don't know if you saw that, but you were all across multiple rugby platforms from your tackle on the Pacific Islander from the Army team uh, in open field. The video of your tackle was plastered all across social media, especially yep. from the Rugby Town highlight reels. I had no, I had no idea that was uh, – I had no idea. No. But still one of the, the most yeah. awesome photos I've ever seen. So we got our share, uh, or our our share of times together playing rugby, and you're just always being this happy, joyous guy. I really wanted to get you on today to talk about uh, the journey that you're going through right now. That 
close to home for myself and many people that listen being uh, the military family that we have. So you talked about you've had 10 years in, in rugby. Let's also talk about your, your start in the military and where you've been. Uh, yeah, that was good. So I joined the military back in 2015, November of 2015 to be exact. Uh, and I was stationed at Holloman, New Mexico uh, for about three years. I was stationed at Osan for about a year and some change. And then I finished off my time uh, at Yokota, Japan. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, I was lucky enough to not have to get deployed. Uh, just never came up. Um, but yeah, just, wow. Oh my God. Wow. That was like seven years ago. So yes, about six and a half years of service. And in that time, I've gotten to travel uh, to a lot of places and play ball around the world and yeah man it's been it's been pretty sick yeah it was, it was a pretty good time you talked about you played rugby in in korea and in japan uh and across with nevada you know you, you skipped over some really high level rugby too i do I don't want to 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 skip that you played with you know vegas academy you played uh, all air force sevens you know you got into some national stages on top of that you know you you've traveled with the military so it's it's not easy all of us military athletes we know that uh, and athletes in general working around a work schedule, it, it can be difficult at times. I know uh, flying, uh, you had to fly all the way from Japan to play in the 2021 All Air Force uh, selection camp and then the actual All, uh, all Armed Forces tournament with me. So you, you've, you've had this really cool setup. You've been to a lot of cool places. You've played rugby. Everyone's going to ask, why did you get out of the military if you've been to all these cool places? <laughs> I can tell you the exact moment I decided to do it, man. Um, just a quick side note. Literally the day before I flew out to go to Glendale, uh, I that was August, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I climbed Mount Fuji literally the day before. <laughs> I climbed Mount Fuji and then uh, got caught in a typhoon and almost like really got caught up in a bad situation at the top of the mountain, made it down and uh hopped on the plane the very next day and my legs were blown for the first couple of days of training so just a fun side note right there that that was a pretty funny hilarious time because that was such a stupid decision um now uh back on your original question uh so it was 2020 um i think it was march 2020 it was the ANZUS tournament when the new zealand Air Force and the Australian Air Force came out to play. And it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. The tournament got canceled. I ended up getting stuck in Colorado for two weeks. Fortunately enough with uh, Theo. Um, Theo, uh, this guy, Derek, and really good dude. And then uh, a woman named Dee. And in that time, we were just kind of discussing like life how life changes and how I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And she just presented, she was like, she was doing a little recruiting herself, you know, she was like, Hey, why don't you join the New Zealand military, the New Zealand air force? And I was like, wow, I had never thought of that before. So I fly back to Korea after that tournament, after I finally managed to catch a flight. And, uh, let me think. As soon as I landed there, I started filing applications and signing off paperwork, trying to get it done. But because of COVID, 
it kind of didn't work out that way and they weren't looking for anybody with my uh skill set and qualifications and then i was lucky enough to be dormed next to a really good guy um his name was will he's another one of my good friends uh he was getting out to go to art school and he's like hey why don't you try art school in new zealand and uh yeah man i was you know from that moment it kind of clicked in my brain uh that i had to go pursue that and uh i'll have to say this that i don't regret a single day of my military service i had a blast i had some rough points but it honestly was the best thing that i could have done for myself and honestly um it kind of set me up to be able to do what i want to do now and it's not that i was sick and tired of the military I didn't like the job that I was in, but you know, like anybody, I could have switched and stayed in, but I kind of wanted to take the risk. Like I kind of had this pathway set aside already for me. The military was doing its thing for me and I was, you know, doing my work in the military. Uh, and I think my time in the air force, it, it just felt like it was, it was time to go. It was time to do something new and going on almost three years of this being the plan. It feels good to, uh say that you know we're, we're almost there we're almost there <laughs> but yeah it, it, uh I, I don't regret ever being in the military not a single day and it was actually a tough decision but it was a decision i knew i had to make to further fulfill my journey and my path in life now was there a certain time along this process from maybe that talk with theo and like I said, we've had theo on multiple times so if anyone has listened to this episode uh, he has a, a way to make you think about your life just as he is as a person um was it maybe that march time or when you started filing paperwork or even to today is there a time where you felt like it was the right choice and you knew 100 percent that's what you were doing along the way oh the whole time i'm gonna be completely honest the whole time because when I would talk about it, I would, my, my, I still talking about it. My stomach gets filled with like butterflies and I just get really excited and happy talking about like the future. Like I've, I've always been a fairly optimistic person. I can get down in the dumps like anybody, but definitely talking with Theo always helps. And that, that man is a, is literally just, uh, I call him Qui-Gon Jinn, bro. Uh, a <laughs> wise, a, a wise stoic Jedi um <laughs> but i i'm really lucky that i have an awesome support system as well like my mom my stepdad uh my family and my friends uh, i'm lucky to be surrounded with people who are chasing their their passions and their pursuits so i knew i was making the right decision literally from the time that it went into my mind to now to now so, you know, going along the way, I know COVID uh, definitely threw a lot of wrenches in everyone's plan. You know, you talked about getting into art school, being overseas. There's going to be issues with that. Outside of the COVID issues, what challenges did you have to face when making this leap to just, just get out of the military completely and come back to the States? So I guess getting back to the States wasn't the difficult part, um, just because military took care of that. But um, the, the biggest challenge has really been getting the schools out there to understand how the VA works and trying to get them to approve like the post 9-11 and the other benefit systems that we have. And I was actually working, um, not going to mention their name, uh, with a school for a year and a half. And then 
I got an email one day because they switched the international rep that I was dealing with. And they just straight up told me, uh, we, we are not, and will not be accepting the post nine 11 GI bill. Thank you for your time after a year and a half of, uh, filing paperwork. And that, that felt, that was like, Oh, that's the first real fork in the road or excuse me, bump in the road that I've experienced. Um, so that really like kind of killed my confidence for a while, but luckily my girlfriend was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, go find another school. And yeah, uh, that, that was the main ones. It's just been a lot of bureaucracy, man. Like that's been the biggest thing driving to LA uh, four hours from Vegas, driving there, getting stuck in three hours of traffic, spending a ton of money trying to get these medical exams and documents. And that that's really been the hardest part, dude, is just the amount of bureaucracy and emails and just staying on top of your paperwork. Like that, that's the hardest thing really that I had to deal with. And, you know, we, we talk about the, in the show itself, on our show, we talk about the family side of it. And Family is more than just blood. So you, talk, you talk about girlfriend, you talk about Theo, you have these really good support systems and maybe a few people, unfortunately, the school wasn't someone who helped you, at least the first school, but you, you're having people that help you through this process and they're kind of keeping you grounded, even in your own beliefs of like, you got out to go to art school, you're going to go to art school. And I don't want to glaze over the fact that, you know, when you're going through this, this tough time, you don't have to do it by yourself. And I know you're a very open dude. We, we talk all the time. We message each other on, on it on social media, and we we text. I know everybody talks to everybody, especially from the Air Force squad, uh, mm-hmm. just to everyone who's out there. If you're going, and you want to make this tough d- decision to to get out of the military or to change your career path, okay. even if you're not military, there's nothing wrong with going to the people around you and, and seeking a shoulder to talk to or an ear to listen kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, I, I, dude, do not go through this alone. That is the worst thing you can do because, you know, as, as guys, we think we can take it all on, but you don't realize how much easier it makes it, you know, like life is hard already. Let's make something a little easier by just talking to people about how you're feeling or like, hey, I'm dealing with this or you just had a personal little victory in your life. Like tell people, don't keep it to yourself. Or if you're going through something, tell people. It's really insane how that has really kept me going because there was a couple times where I really almost gave up and decided to uh, not go to New Zealand and go to a school in the United States because that would be an easier process because they understand the GI Bill and stuff. But talking to people just kept me going. And there's there's a a very – uh, I don't know the, the proper word I need to use here. Unfortunately, maybe I need to get better at podcasting, but there's a almost like a, a tip of the hat that people need to give you because you're you're paving a way in a sense. You're a pioneer in this international GI Bill work. Uh, I'm sure there are some people who may have gone to see uh, go to Canada or Mexico or maybe Germany for international studies, but you're probably one of the first people and definitely the first person I've ever heard of to go to the Pacific to try to go to school and use your GI Bill over there. So you're going to be laying the groundwork for other people. And who knows, maybe someone that listens to the podcast may be like, you know, I want to I want to go to an art school. Or I want to go to a film school or obviously film is a form of the arts, but go to a, 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 an alternate school that's not in the U.S. And this is now something that they know is possible because you're in the process of doing it. And outside of dealing with 
you know, the GI Bill, maybe the schools not you know, holding up their end of what they should be doing or being lazy or not wanting to do the work. What have you been doing in the last, you know, six or so months since you've got out? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been crazy. Uh, it's been nonstop, you know. Uh, I was, I guess, forward thinking enough to know that, you know, I, I wanted to take a break. Like I needed a break. You know, I think, I think, unfortunately, you know, I'm all about working hard and working for what you want, but I think everybody needs a break from time and everybody's break lasts longer than others. But, um, I've gotten to travel a lot this year, man. Like I, I went to my first trip out of the country was to England. I went to England to visit a close friend of mine, uh, close friends of mine, met his brother out there, spent two weeks out there, came back. My girlfriend flew out from Japan uh, to come hang out for another two weeks. And then literally after those two weeks, excuse me, um, I literally hit Fiji up at the end of June uh, going into July. And then I spent that month in Fiji uh, playing out there and experiencing a lot of cool stuff, man. Uh, got back. Uh, I've traveled from California to Vegas, Utah um just a a month a month ago wait no it's december now uh about a month and a half ago uh just did a cross-country road trip helping my girlfriend pcs literally drove she flew out from japan to florida and then we drove from florida all the way to montana drove up the east coast hit up chicago on the way there yeah man it's been it's been a lot and then in the meantime just drawing as much as possible and trying to sell my art and develop my skills. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty in, insane this pa- the past six, seven months. And I do don't want to gloss over your artwork. We talked a lot about the art school and stuff you're going through. Uh, stay tuned to next week episode where me and Darian dive into his alter ego gummy. Uh, and only focus on the art side of it so everyone can uh, hear the maybe some processes and stuff about that. But it's almost like this is a version of a gap year for you, right? Oh, dude, this is 100% a gap year. Um, like, it, it's been, I'll, I'll be honest, like, that has actually probably been the toughest part of me is like knowing that I'm not working. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have parents that understand my goal and want me to be set up as good as possible. So, you know, I've been crashing with mama, you know, (laughs) mama and pops, and they've really allowed me to just, you know, find myself again and work on what I need to work on because they know the end goal. They know the end goal, they understand the end goal, they support the end goal, no matter what it is. And I'm really, really lucky to have them. But sometimes it does get to me because I haven't worked and I see all my friends working uh, that I'm like, oh, man, you know, like I'm kind of a bum right now. But then I remind myself it's like in in time I will be back to where I need to be. So, yeah, it's it's been like a little bit of a double edged sword, but I'd say way more in a positive than negative. I don't think people realize, you know, maybe they're looking at you and they talk about how you traveled so much in the last six months and talking to you. And I do have a little bit more info than the listeners do. You mm-hmm. saved profusely for the last year or so you were in the military, right? 
the last two years I saved like crazy. And even though, I mean, I did get to do a lot of cool stuff in Japan. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't do because uh, I, I just needed to save money. Like I knew this was coming. Uh, I knew what I needed to have. Um, uh, yeah, I, I saved profu uh, profusely. Yeah, profusely. Yeah, I, I saved just so I could do this. And that I feel like that that is what needs to be said. Uh, and we talk about finances a lot in the show. We talk about working hard. I know how me and my co-host Jeff will be back soon. How we've worked two jobs or three jobs to get through stuff. But all of the the end goal of that is to do what you're doing. You know, I'm I'm training a big trip to the Dominican Republic this summer, and I, I would like to take a good amount of time there. Uh, hopefully, we can travel yeah. to Chicago to friends. We can travel to Vegas to see you. We can travel overseas. That's why we do all this work. So I don't. F I feel like a lot of people get so stuck in this grind mindset. It, it's completely mm -hmm. fine to grind, but you need that end goal. Your end goal is to have a gap year or a gap six months or a 30-day vacation in, in five years, whatever it is. You 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 set yourself up for this. So I don't feel like you should you should like take away from yourself at all. You've spent two years earning this time and you've been working to set up your future for the art school and as well. Yeah. And so you, you took this time away. How do you think this has helped you physically and mentally? Oh man. Uh I live very much in the present right now. Like that's that's been my goal. That's been my hardest thing. Um, because uh Back in 20, uh, I guess I'll get a little personal, but back in 2018, I went through a really, really, really bad depression. Um, I actually got divorced. Uh, so, like, there was a, a big thing that happened to me with that. And for the longest time, I couldn't just accept the accomplishments that I had gotten. I made it onto the Air Force rugby team. That was my number one goal. Couldn't appreciate it. I made it to Armed Forces my first year. I couldn't appreciate it. And then, you know, 2019, I got out of it. But then I had this mentality stuck of like, onto the next thing, onto the next thing, onto the next thing. And I really struggled to appreciate where I was in that moment. And this year, um, specifically, Fiji was kind of like where it kind of punched me in the face, where it was like, hey, you're here right now. There's nothing you can do about where you like, you can't go anywhere just enjoy and appreciate the moment and that's kind of like i have my goals for the future but i'm just appreciating every day at, the, at a time man like it, it's been a godsend and i don't i was hoping you would bring back up your fiji time this wasn't like uh you you went and played in a tournament please tell us about your your trip to fiji that this thing that you worked hard to get and you've you've done yeah. Um, so I got a call from Theo. Uh, I can't remember what month, um, but he was just like, I think, I think it was January, February, March. I think it was May. And he was like, Hey, do you want to go play rugby in Fiji for a month? And he gave me the dates. And I originally was supposed to go with, uh, my homies band distinguisher. I was supposed to go and be a, uh, their merch guy i was gonna like be selling t-shirts and stuff like that and that was the plan but as soon as that opportunity came to me i said give me a second to think about it and then i was like wait why wouldn't i do this and i just said yes and i got in touch with a man named poppy which um Theo put me in contact with and dude when i went out there it was 
the biggest culture shock and the biggest just like man it it, it was overwhelming um i get to fiji and they i pull into the village and the village that i um, i'm not gonna say the name you think i should say the name of the village you no yeah I, I would keep it out <laughs> okay okay fair enough all right so i stayed in the village um and when we pulled in I, the entire village was there with playing music and like just completely welcoming in. And I did a 30 minute long like ceremony of being allowed and accepted into the village. And uh, we did like a kava welcoming ceremony. Mind you, I only drank kava once while in Fiji because uh, the team that I was with is a 100% dry team. So because uh, they're religious. So, uh, no kava, no drinking, no smoking, none of that. So um, I get there and the first couple days, it's like just really crazy because you hear chickens, <laughs> you know, roosters running around. You see kids playing in the yard, tossing the rugby ball around. Um, and then, oh man, and then training started and uh, CC this was the hardest training I've ever done in my life. <laughs> you wake up. I won't say too early. It was like, so you wake up for prayer. That was the number one thing. So again, uh, they were all Pentecostal Christians, the uh, family that I was staying with. Uh, I am myself not a religious person, but because I was there, because they were welcoming, welcoming me, they were like, you know what? I, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So uh, we would wake up very early in the morning for prayer and then train at six in the morning. Uh, and the morning training would normally start with uh, three Broncos, My three Lord. Broncos to, <laughs> to start the day. And in between every Bronco, you're doing burpees, push-ups, and sit-ups. And then you do the next Bronco. And after that, you do your first morning training, which was normally a cardio session. And then the second training of the day uh, after lunch would be a more like a skills-based training and just playing touch, running around. And then the third training was like contact. And we, I did that for three weeks leading up to a tournament in um, uh, Lombasa. I played in the Lombasa uh, Bitter Beer Sevens. That was the tournament. But uh, yeah, train three times a day for three weeks straight and then three times a day in Lombasa. And I actually, I, I lost 10 pounds while I was out there, man, sweating. Uh, I, I got really skinny, but man, I think I could run forever <laughs> while I was out there. And yeah, I uh, think... I was super jealous just to say, of course, uh, I think anyone who was watching, like, well, first off, like, so happy that this was happening for you, but so jealous to see you living this, like, almost nomadic-ish lifestyle. You're living in a village where you were helping them farm. You were watching this this true nature. Um, you live in this rugby lifestyle. I think I think anyone, it, jealousy usually has this negative connotation, but anyone who's a rugby player who maybe loves that return to nature, seeing the beauty of the area, what you were doing, and uh, I believe, is it on your, your art profile or is it on the rugby department profile, the videos of it? Uh, so the, the art profile is also coincide with the rugby department profile. Um, but yeah, the gummy void has all of the reels from 
I think 21 days or tw 21 to 24 days of um, short clips of what I was doing out there. Yeah. And just to, to see that, you know, you talked about how it, it's helped you out to see this, this true nature, see you tackle these Fijians, play international, watch you getting stepped by Fijians. Is, it's so, <laughs> uh, it, it's so much fun to, to watch and, you know, wish you were part of it. Um, shout out to, to Theo with rugby department, shout out to rugby department, of course, being a, a big sponsor of not only myself, uh, and of the, the tra uh, Charleston outlaws, uh, helping, helping everybody out, everyone along the way, this, this return to nature, this gap year, all these things coincided to with each other to, to really help. Uh, I think you see you be the happiest you've ever been, even compared to when we just got paid to play rugby for almost 30 days over a two month period. Yeah yeah oh man and it was uh and again we can't take away from those air force sevens because um those two times when we won we when we won uh the it was in milwaukee what was the name of that tournament the uh, lakefront sevens yeah when we won the lakefront sevens that year it was uh the first time in a very long time that i had been part of a winning team that won a tournament and uh it was like super surreal very in like you, you know when you you're looking around and everything is so vivid and you're like i'm here right now that's what that felt like and then the end of the first day when unfortunately we lost to navy uh in colorado uh the the first the first day uh seeing my family in the stands seeing my friends uh and like just being around all you guys like no joke man like that camp those guys both camps those guys Oh man, it was like next level. So I can't take away from like those the those two camps. But uh on a on a spiritual sense, again, I'm not a religious person, but on a spiritual sense, on like a, a fulfilling sense, it was really cool just to be around people who were really pure and very genuine about everything. They were brutally honest, uh, they didn't hold back. They ask questions. Uh, I, you know, um, they taught me a lot about Fiji and about the Fijian culture, and about how, like, literally, it started like uh, the the people who came before Fijians, and then like the political, you know, like side of Fiji out there, and um, not only that, like, I got to see some of the most beautiful sights on, on both islands. Uh, out of the hundreds of islands that make up Fiji, but uh, yeah, man, it was it was unreal, you know. Um, some very genuine, genuine, genuine human beings out there, and they were willing to teach me. And uh, they, you know, they liked making fun of me when they could, and I accepted that. But hey, you know, when uh, you're on teams with Polynesians, you know you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get chopped up a little bit. So uh, it, it was it was just really awesome dude it was just I, I i i've been really missing it the past couple days actually and i will never know how to repay theo enough uh for allowing me that opportunity and uh yeah man it, it was i, I like it, it this would be a multiple day conversation if i was to tell you everything that happened um i'll tell you the the, the, I got a couple funny negative things that happened, but uh, 
I got really sick out there, like really sick. And I had to go to the doctors and um, they gave me like an allergy shot because I was getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. And, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not used to that. And uh, that allergy shot knocked me out. And we had the first day of the tournament that literally the next day. So I fell asleep at like two in the morning from that allergy shot. And then because I had to get taken to the emergency room. I and then I go and I play that tournament the next day, the first day of that tournament. And I didn't get stepped during the tournament. But uh, at seven in the morning, our first match was and um, I get I get put in like the last three minutes of the match. (laughs) And I do I get the ball first time holding the ball. I pass it. There's no ball in my hand anymore. I turn and there's a guy still full sprinting at me and I just accept what's coming and I get blasted. My ribs get obliterated and then he drives his shoulder into me in the ground and he just tapped it. He tapped my head as I got up and basically was like, he didn't say anything, but that was like, welcome to Fijian rugby, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say that is the exact like, welcome to the NFL moment kind of you know, wel- welcome to, to international rugby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, <laughs> it was a crazy, crazy time. And I would like to go back uh, since I'll be in New Zealand. Um, I want to go back next year. I just have to figure out the time and the place because, you know, they, they told me a lot like, hey, a lot of people say they want to come back, but never do. I genuinely want to come back and I want to make it happen within the next two years to to go back and see them. because. They became like a part of my family as well. I I do feel you. Uh, if anyone has has paid attention to your your inflection and as you talk this, uh, you have an abundance of gratitude and appreciation for for life and experiences. And uh, not that uh, we cover that a lot, but I feel like that is uh, if anyone should take anything away from anything we talk about today is you know maybe to emulate some of your uh you know your your happiness and your gratitude that you just show on uh, everything i mean you, you just talked about in a happy way how you got destroyed by a fijian and drove into the ground multiple seconds after you passed the ball away and you know you d- you're just so happy that it happened in a way you know like no one no one has that type of gratitude but you oh i can't lie i was pissed when it happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was pissed but it's okay because I, I got my licks in there. Um, unfortunately, you know, like the I didn't get to finish out the tournament the third day I or the first day, the third match I finished out, but I got tackled uh, from the back of my jersey and a dude landed on my bad ankle and it swelled up like a softball and I there was no way I could play anymore. Um, but dude, I'm just like this, this is the thing, uh, CC. Like life is sick. Like life is sick everything going on life is sick and i have realized it more and more with every passing day and you know i've gotten to experience things and i understand like i've gotten to do a little bit more than what some people my age have but that doesn't put me anywhere else because it's like even when i was grinding in new mexico and i didn't like it there I was just happy, you know, like to be alive, man. It's like, it's sick. And I, you know, everybody has their hard times and I know people are going through hard times, but it's like, 
sometimes you got to just step back and like really appreciate what you have, even if it isn't a lot. Uh, and maybe that's coming from a place of privilege and like, you know, uh, I just, I have a lot to be thankful for and it's not easy for everyone, but right now I, I have nothing to be upset about. And that is something I, I need to get my fin finances like you dog. You know what I'm saying? Like I need to start uh, doing the grind set mindset on that side. But as of right now, just as a whole, I'm just very grateful for everything that's coming my way. And I'm just there to meet it. You know, like I'm, I'm just there to meet, meet the good blessings coming my way. Yeah, and I, think, I hope. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just would say uh, the grass, the grass is always green on the other side. I think you're always going to look at people who have a, a different walk of life and a different viewpoint and like, Oh man, they're great with that. But you know, just like you say, you maybe want to grind set like me, man. I wish, I, I wish I was able to step back sometimes and appreciate what I have, appreciate the moments and not have to worry about uh, the next job or the, the next bid on something. So I feel like, everyone everyone's gonna have that to get philosophical everyone's gonna look at someone else wanting what they have and uh i think at the end of the day being appreciative of what you have and taking that that moment to show gratitude is is you know you've talked about you've had it all the way since you were in new mexico seven years ago it's it's what's going to take you the farthest uh words from one of my favorite supervisors in the military ever and i'm gonna do it in his voice um, shout out to Esposito, or as he calls himself, Espozilla, the Thrilla. Um, he's from Stockton, California. And he goes, you got to have that positive mental attitude, bro. You got to have that PMA. If you don't have PMA, you don't have shit. <laughs> I'm sorry for cursing, but. Oh, you're yeah, good. You're good. Uh, uh, yeah, so. I, I actually take those words from that goofy guy uh, to heart, man. And uh, the positive mental attitude, it, it, it really will carry you because I've had the pessimistic attitude and life just becomes so much harder um, when I'm like that than to anybody really. Well, so let's pull into uh, some of the, the closing questions. We'll knock them out on this episode as we can focus on just some artwork and you know some PMA on the next episode. So the three F questions, yeah. how does your family life keep you successful? What And what do you do to keep it positive and have a PMA? Uh, my family life, just trying to be the realest person I can to them. Uh, you know, just talking to them. Living with your parents at 25 years old is not easy. Luckily, I have very, very chill parents. But, you know, just being as transparent with your family as possible about your goals and the things you want to do with your life. And, excuse me, most most parents and most family members and most friends will understand uh, if they're really your, you know, close, close loved ones. Uh, they'll understand where you're coming from and there will always be that level of acceptance. And honestly, I think they'll trust you more by allowing yourself to open up to them. So, yeah. Is there anything you do specifically that, you know, I'm going to keep quoting your supervisor uh, to keep a PMA, to keep a positive mental attitude. Go outside. <laughs> Go outside. Uh, you know, whenever you have the time, because uh, I know you have, you have your boy 
and you have a wife, you have a whole family in that sense, you know, so it's a little bit more difficult for you to step away and maybe get your alone time. But like, I like going to coffee shops, dude, like just sitting at a coffee shop, watching people live, watching people talk and just being around people and being away from the screen. Like, no joke, just go outside. <laughs> Life's way cooler when you go outside. So to get into the, to the next one, and I will agree, fitness improves your life. And I think going outside is a big part of fitness. So to tie into that, how does fitness improve your life? Uh, and you may not have the busiest schedule as some of the other people, but how do you fit fitness into your schedule? So right now, my schedule isn't realistic to 95% of Americans or just people. Uh, so I'll say while I was in the military, it was difficult, but I still, when I, as soon as I would get off work, I would drive straight to the gym. Don't allow a thought to get into my mind of, you know, like, Oh, I don't really feel like it. Just drive there. Don't allow myself to have a, a second thought and just go. And even if I can only give 40% that day, just go and give that 40%. And at least I went to the gym and did something because, you know, uh, I went four months I've now been back in the gym about a month and a half and I've already like seen leaps of improvement in my fitness. But those four months where I wasn't working out, dude, my mindset against myself was awful. So just going to the gym every day, you know, giving it as much as I can, whether I have a hundred percent that day or 40% or 20% that day, going in and giving it as much as I can and then leaving and man, just knowing that, hey, I just made myself struggle a little bit, made myself work a little bit. So, you know, it's it just, it just, it feels good. Like, I can't explain it. I need it because I'm a short little Cuban man. And I get, I, I you know, can sometimes be a little bit of a hothead. And when I'm not letting out the testosterone and not letting out uh, a little aggression, uh, I can get pent up and, you know, frustrated easier. So just evens my mind. Gotcha. And lastly, what would be your biggest piece of financial advice to everyone who's listening today? Oh, man. Uh, that was the question I was scared of. Um, you know, like, I really don't know much about finance. Like, I've always been just the traditional save my money, uh, just recently, too, because I, I used to be really bad with money, but I've become quite frugal recently. Frugal, that means you don't like to spend money, right? Yeah, you're using it right. Awesome. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, I've just been very frugal. Um, I just say, find find something that works for you, because money has never been a huge thing in my mind and in my life. Uh, I never have held a lot of attachments to money, but as of recently, you know, I I've started to realize with with money comes more freedom to do what you want um uh allowing you to have more independence i would just you know find find something that you're passionate about even if it's not your job even if it's just a secondary thing and just do it you know like do something else that you can make money off of that you enjoy doing so you can have an extra income you know like these drawings i've made the the most money uh from doing my drawings and stuff like that but i still haven't figured out how I'm fully going to maximize, you know, my potential with my art 
and my financial side. But I just say, just find something that works for you and roll with it. Like, because it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. Oh, I don't have as much money as this person. I don't have as much money as this person. Or, you know, like, hey, I have more money than this guy. Wherever you're at is where you need to be. And just try and not blow your cash on stupid stuff. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I feel like that's some special advice coming from someone who lives in Vegas, too. Dude, it. I. you know what? I'm very proud of myself. I don't gamble. Um, I do drink, but on occasion. It's not often. I've done a really good job of not going out and just blowing my cash. I stay home. Uh, I see my friends. If I see my friends, I go to their house. You know, if we're gonna drink, we drink at their house. We're locals. We don't go to we don't go to the strip very often. Um, and then you know, besides that, I'm at a coffee shop or in my house sketching, drawing, uh, teaching myself new programs and stuff like that. So I'm proud of myself on that one that I've uh, averted the vices of Sin City. <laughs> Well, I do want to say I'm glad that you've heard of the vices of Sin City too, especially growing up and then continuing to live there now. But I do yeah. want to thank you for being on tonight. Everyone, stay tuned for next week when we dive into just the art side of uh, of Darian and the Gummy Void. Uh, follow him on Instagram at the Gummy Void. Follow Rugby Department as well. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Love you, man. Thank you.